Hello everyone, uh, just a little quick disclaimer before this week's episode, we did record this on Tuesday evening as it was the only time we had available this week. So we did record before the club announced their decision to close the section of the paddock in response to the incident uh, that took place in the Lane Orient game a couple of weeks ago. Um, so we aren't, we don't mention it at all in this episode. Um, I'm speaking as someone who stands in that section, suffice to say I'm not happy about, in fact, borderline furious about the decision by the club. And, and the way the fans are being treated, uh, we will be discussing it on next week's episode, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, if you're wondering why it just doesn't get covered, that's the reason. Okay, thanks and enjoy the episode. Here we come, blue and white, and we're looking good. You'll be in for a fight, and we fight pretty good. Getting goals is our job, and we get goals good. Looking good, we are Carlisle United. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, number one place to get a Cal United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Mike Booth. United get back to winning ways on the Merseyside as informed Tramway are comfortably seen off. We look back on the impressive 2 0 win in last weekend while looking ahead to the return tie against Rovers in the FA Cup and the midweek trip to North Yorkshire to take on Bogey Team Harrogate Town in League 2. Yes, ye of little faith, eh? <laughs> the ones who thought we were, the wheels were off, I heard someone saying, you know, in terms of, ah, nonsense. Always back the Blues, always back Super Paul Simpson. Mike, how are you doing? I'm a bit worried, to be honest. I think oh. you need to calm down a little bit, because um, <laughs> while it was a good result, I'm just concerned three weeks' time when we lose Mox and Dennis and uh, Malish for the World Cup squad, I think yeah. we're going to be really tight. It's going to be a struggle, it's going to be a struggle, isn't it? Mm. It's uh, Well, I mean, just... What a way to respond, especially with you know more injury issues and more illnesses and things like that, and to put in a performance like that, and by all accounts, be very comfortable. I've watched back a large chunk of the game, and it it, it really we keep saying it, but it really does put us in good stead for when we actually have more of a squad to pick for. I really feel for Paul Simpson actually, because once he had these players fit, how does he actually pick a squad? Yeah, but I think he said himself he'd rather be in that situation with them headaches than the situation he's in now. Well, that that says enough, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah, on today's show uh, we're going to be doing the the usual stuff in terms of um, you know reviewing the Tranmere Rovers game, but then we'll be looking ahead to the Tranmere Rovers game (laughs) as it is next weekend in the FA Cup. But we're going to do something a bit different that because obviously we we, we've talked about Tranmere in the squad already. We might cover a little bit, but we're going to maybe talk a little bit generally about the FA Cup first round and what it means to us and that kind of thing, and you know potential future developments in the FA Cup because you know we've heard about stuff like you know replays being scrapped, which I think will be a travesty, frankly. But but, um, we'll we'll talk about bits like that. We'll also have a little look into the Harrogate uh, League game in midweek because um, we're not going to have time to preview that before the game. But both me and you are going to that match, aren't we, Mike? You've got the day off for that one, so. New ground for you to tick off. New ground for me to yep. tick off, actually, to be fair. So, yeah, it'll be a nice one that one, won't it? So, there you go. So, that's what we're going to be covering on today's show. But first up, um, the usual stuff in terms of uh, the messages. So, uh, once again, this season, the podcast has been sponsored by the Cal United Supporters Club, London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Cal United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore and, of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of their preview section this season too. You can find out more about London Branch at their website, carlollondonbranch.org. 
Uh, also, remember, if you don't already, subscribe to the podcast. If you don't, why don't you? Because it must be an absolute pain to go and find a link every single week. Doesn't it? <laughs> really, I was thinking that, but there you go. So if you've got a mobile phone, so, you know, whatever podcast app you use, search for The Brunton Bugle, click subscribe. Every time a new episode comes out, you'll get a little alert. You can download it and you can listen to it at your leisure on the move uh, also as well on any of those apps or sites if there's a chance to review us uh, if you can give us a, a good review a five star review whatever that'd be fantastic if you want to give us a slightly negative one then feel free you know give us some comments on what can we do better that we already do so uh, so there you go uh, social media wise as well obviously we're on the usual channels at Brunty Bugle on Facebook, uh, sorry, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, find us on Facebook just search for Brunty Bugle click like and uh, you can email us bruntybugle at gmail.com Com. and we're on the facebook group uh, be just and fear not it's a great group there's over three thousand people on there now it's well worth joining really good kind of united community there and the cumbrians.net message where we also post on there right mike let's get into a very brief news roundup it's mostly a loan watching it's gonna be quite a quick one this week because only three of the lads were in action so sam fishburn um he didn't feature it for more of time because more of time didn't play this weekend so uh, a weekend off for them um I think basically uh, they their opponents for that weekend were actually in the FA Trophy, I think, so uh, they were able to play. Um, they're back in action, though, this Saturday when they face uh, Merseyside side Marine at home. Um, Max Kilsby, he missed uh, Gretna's Scottish FA Cup shock defeat. Well, not really shock defeat because Pollock were a decent junior side. Um Although I, I could be not on league side, so yeah, but I suppose it is a shock. Uh, defeat to Pollock in the FA Cup. He had flu. It turns out um, he uh, returned to the starting lineup for Adam's uh, league game, though, and uh, played the full 90 minutes. But unfortunately, they went down to a 1 0 defeat to promotion chasing Dumbarton. Uh, um, it sounds like they were quite tight in this game. They hit the bar a few times and a little bit unlucky, you know, a team right up at the top. But it does leave them bottom of the table on goal difference. Um, Merce mm, under a bit of pressure there, isn't he? He is. And I, I kind of feel for him because he obviously lost Moxon. I think he lost a couple of others as well. and and that's the thing, you, you see how Moxer can dictate a game at our level, at that yeah. level. It must have been like watching Pele. Yeah, and the, and the thing is as well, Matty Douglas is a really big player, ex-United youth player as well. He's, he's another big player for Adam. He's someone who's been a real big part of their success in recent years. And he's been out injured with, a, I think he had a knee injury, had some surgery or something in pre-season. So without him, they're really struggling. I don't think Stephen Swinglehurst has featured as much as he has done in the past as well. So it's... It's tough for them. It's a, it's a tough learning curve for Max as well, is it? I suppose you know having to come into that environment. But um, good that he's getting game time. That, that's the key thing. We keep yeah. saying this, but really good that he's getting game time. Uh, big game for them this weekend, though. Uh, they face uh, fellow strugglers far, far. Yeah, I think they're only a couple of places above them in the league, and maybe one point above them. So that's one way I suppose they'll be looking desperately to get a win. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Bell um, made another appearance. Made another got another ninety minutes actually for Gretna two thousand eight. Um, Unfortunately, it's another big defeat for them at home. They uh, they lost four one to Bonus United. Um, two more games for them this week, though. Uh, tomorrow, because we're recording on Tuesday, I should say here. By the way, um, they travel. I love this team name. Open goal, Broomhill. I mean, who comes up with that name? It's just genius. Isn't it? It's brilliant. Um, in midweek, uh, before they host Spartans FC uh, next weekend at Raydale Park, and finally. Lewis Boyd, uh, the United's youth keeper, um, he made his seventh appearance for Carlisle City uh, in his work experience loan, uh, uh, City Neighbours, um, but uh, he ended in defeat, unfortunately. It was a late, late winner for Newton Aycliffe. Uh, they won 2-1. I think Newton Aycliffe are third in the league, and I think Carlisle City are third in mid-table, so disappointing, but maybe not a totally unexpected defeat, I suppose, in that sense. Um, 
But he's in action tonight, isn't he, as well, Mike? He's playing in the FA Youth Cup game tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's going on right now, isn't it? Yeah, literally as we, as, literally as we record. So what we'll do is we will... Um, we'll We'll do a little review of that next week, maybe on the show, possibly, and give them a bit of a, a shout out as well. Um, hopefully, they can uh, see off Fleetwood and get themselves into the next round where they face either Stockport County or I think it was it Harrogate Town away. One of the two, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but um, I think Stockport was definitely one of them. So there you go. But yeah, good luck to the youth lads tonight. Um, so let's get into the match review then, Mike. Travis yeah. Rovers nil, Cal United two. What a way to bounce back uh, from two consecutive defeats. It, it was a weird one going into this game because I, I, I wasn't confident at all, and that's no, not so much. I don't. I think we're a bad side. I just had this. My head was saying we're going to lose this one. My heart went with a draw in the predictions, but I, my head was saying I think we'll lose this, and it's just a case of the injuries and everything catching up on us. So well, Prenton Park has been a very tough place to go, hasn't it, in yeah. the past sort of couple of years or so, and without sort of disrespecting any of the players that played, I think that's the weakest team we've put out all season. Now, I'm not saying it's weak. I'm saying it's the weakest in comparison to other teams we've put out. And, you know, what a result. And by all accounts, they were just tactically outmastered and they just weren't in the game and we battered them. It sounds like the players have come in were just switched on and ready to play. And quite yeah. often you don't find that, do you? You find players... I don't know, they, they come in and they, they just don't look like they're ready for it. But but these lads really stepped up to the plate. And, and like you said, Tramby, you know, have always had a pretty decent rec- home record. They've always been very solid defensively under Mickey Mellon. And yet, we just looked comfortable in this game, didn't we? It was, it was a strange mm-hmm. one. It, it's re- really, really positive, wasn't it? Um, let, let's get into it then. Um, so I was at a wedding on Saturday, so I, I was sort of half following this through updates on my phone. On my wasn't even on my phone; it was on my watch. I set the notifications on, so I didn't even have to look at my phone, so I couldn't be accused of doing that during the, uh, the food at the <laughs> wedding. Um, and as I was sitting down waiting for the soup to come, the soups were getting served. A uh, little alert on my phone, one minute in, went, well, bloody hell, we scored! <laughs> Amazing. But um, let's talk about the team selection. So Gibson was out suspended, and then the morning of the game, we obviously found out once the teams were announced. Uh, Finn back had to pull out due to illness. Um, so Simmer went and made four changes from the team that started against Stockport. And they were Jack Stratton coming in for Jaden Harris. Um, Huntington coming back in for Whelan. Um, then Jack Ellis in for back, which we obviously expect. But then the surprise one, I suppose you'd say, was Taylor Charters coming in for Jordan Gibson. Mm. Were you slightly surprised that he got the nod over Harris? Um, yeah, a little bit, I suppose. Not um, saying that we, we didn't think he should have got a start. It's, yeah. it's more a case, the way things have been going, Harris has been used, especially when there's a bit, a bit of a physical battle, but Simo back Charles, didn't he? Yeah, well, he's been coming back from injury, hasn't he, um, Charles? Mm. And he's a player that I've always rated. Um, and it's good to see him you know, grab his chance with both hands, as, as Paul Simpson said. Yeah. Absolutely, and yeah, obviously playing in a you know he's been used a little bit as left wing back in some of the games he's played this season, and that's more out of the case of being able to give Jack Armour a, a rest in the trophy game, isn't it? I think as much as anything. But in this case, he started the game more as a left sort of winger, wasn't it? Almost, or, or, or it was almost like a four. I've got the formation down as a three-four-three. We're obviously you know Feeney, um, Huntington, and Mellish as your back three, your wing backs of back and Armour. And then, like, a midfield two of Moxon and Guy with 
charters one side of Dennis and Stretton the other almost is what the yeah. impression I got from watching it. Yeah, well, by all accounts, sort of, we sort of pinned Charters against their right mm. back, who was somewhat vertically challenged, and mm. Charters is about six one, I think. Yeah, um, and he won a lot of, you know, aerial challenges in that, and it was sort of a key part to our game plan, really. And honestly, you know, I, I know we're a little bit off talking about this yet, but I wouldn't be too surprised if Charters actually started in the FA Cup game as well. Well, yeah, it, well, we'll get onto that in the second mm-hmm. half of the show when we talk. We preview that game, like, um, but it, 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 it's it's an interesting point, one worth discussing later. Um, let's talk about the the goals and the chances. Then, I mean, pff, couldn't have asked for a better start, could we? Really? Um, Tramway were actually on the attack early on, weren't they? I think they had mm-hmm. a kick off, and they got they got forward and Mellish did. I thought Mellish has become so good at this recently. He just stepped in, won the ball, but not only won the ball, he kind of made sure that. It would go to Charters as well, didn't he? I, I feel like it was all, not not so much deliberate, but it gave Charters a chance to get the ball, didn't he? Yeah, it, it's it's something that we've lacked. I, t- I tell you who we last had who was good at it, Kelvin Atuu, in that he'd turn opposition attacks straight into our attack yeah. straight away. There was like no transition period, you know. Yeah. And he's done it a couple of times this season, Mellish. And yeah, it just sort of wins the ball. And then it was a great ball from Guy over the top, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, it was brilliant. So it's obviously Charters plays it to Moxon and Moxon takes his time, sets himself, picks out Guy and then Guy's ball is terrific for Stretton and it's a great run from Jack Stretton. It's got to be said to mm. peel off his marker, get to the... Um, cause I wonder if... I think Tranmere were anticipating we were playing a 5-3-2 or a 3-5-2 mm. in this and Charles would be a bit deeper and Stretton would be up, up front alongside Dennis but actually as it was, Stretton drifted out wide very early. He got himself mm. out wide find himself in space, gets the ball, takes a good touch. And then it's strange because it's not like a, it's a, a precision, you know, he's not, the way he's played the ball in, he hasn't sort of side-footed or tried to curl it or anything. And he, but he hasn't totally lashed it, but he's just hit it. He said, right, I'm yeah. going to put it in an area there. You have a go at it. But and, as a defender, defending against balls like that is a nightmare because people have sort of slagged mm. off Samu because he didn't get in the way. But if he'd have got something on that, he could have very easily turned it into his own net. I think Sibu could have done a little bit better, though. He could have done better. I'm not disputing that, but it it was a fantastic ball in. Simu is caught a bit in two minds now. I think actually, mm. to be fair, give give Simu a bit of credit here. He's caught in two minds. Do I go and try and intercept a potential ball in, or do I track Christian Dennis? Because the problem is, if you look behind him, the right um, back or the like the the, the other centre back. I'm just going to centre back or the right back, but mm. Jack Armour is getting right up yeah. there. So if Christian Dennis doesn't get on it, Jack Armour's getting on it. So yeah. basically, one of the defenders gets dragged to him, which leaves Simu basically in no man's land between do I stop the ball or do I stop Dennis, as he is. He didn't do either. Yeah. And uh, and Christian slides in for an easy tapping, and, you know, he certainly enjoyed milking it in front of the uh, the home fans, as he always does, doesn't he? He loves that, doesn't he? He's well up Yeah, there. well, like Jack Armour was giving it sub as well. Uh, and like understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, you understand that sometimes in a game where the home fans have been giving the players stick for like 60 minutes and then we score kind of thing. And honestly, I know Simo is a nice bloke and all that, but I wouldn't put it past him having that as our game plan a little bit and turning the Tranmere crowd against the team. Because yeah. by all accounts, that's what happened. And they were sort yeah. of really booing them and we forced them to change their entire system. Yeah, exactly, because they just couldn't cope with us, could they? Um, on to other chances in the first half. Um, very nearly made it 2-0, not too long after that, didn't we? Um, nice little flick on, I think, from Armour it was, and then Charters gets the ball. Does brilliantly to run inside, doesn't he? Beats a couple mm. of men. And 
I've heard a few people say, oh, he should have done better with his shot there. I, I think the ball just got a little bit away from him and he did all he could yeah. to force the keeper into a save or a stretch shot. And it's a good save by the keeper, actually. Does bounce a little free, though, to Stretton. And watching back, I think he's maybe a yard offside. I think I think it's the right call, to be honest, having a look at it. When you look at the yeah. lines, it's hard to tell because the angle doesn't really show you, but I'm, I'm fairly certain he was offside for that one, which is a shame. But, but there you go. Um, up the other end... Uh, Hawks had a volley after Feeney misjudged a bounce. The ball, but that was blocked by Huntington. wasn't really much of a chance, if we're honest. Um, lovely little bit of play, though, by us. They're not wrong. I've said down the right. I think it was Guy initially. He found Dennis. And Dennis, I think it's sorry, Ellis. And Ellis played a little one-two with Dennis. They got him away down the right. And he, he whips in a hell of a ball, doesn't he? Like, mm. incredible low ball. And Jack Armour is just inches away from getting on the end of it. But my favourite yeah. bit about this is... If you watch the Pitchside Blues video, Mike, yes. If you listen to it, if it, I'm surprised the club didn't put a warning about bad language on this because <laughs> all you hear is some guy saying, "It's too fucking easy," <laughs> at the top of his voice, which was wonderful. I thought, yep, that that sums up how annoyed they were getting at that point already. But um, it's good you touched on it before as well, because uh, Simo's been on it and to make these runs to the far post, yeah. and even if he's nowhere near the ball. You just you drag a defender yeah. sort of away, yeah. and Dennis, yeah, you know the, the gap for the first goal between the two defenders. Christian Dennis loves that kind of a gap in the area. Do you know what I mean? And Definitely. yeah, if Armour can keep doing that, I think we'll see a lot. You know, he won't get credited with a goal or an assist yeah. if he's doing that, but he'll be part part of it. You know, he's having a fantastic season. I don't think we he can is. doubt that yeah. at all. He, considering he's missed like one, I think like one minute of league action. Yeah, basically, only Thomas Holy's played as much football as him mm. for us, which is incredible. Really, he's an absolute credit to his fitness levels as well. He's been he's been terrific in the league. Um, then came Tramway's best chance. Uh, Dakras Cogley um, flicked a header from a corner off the from the right. Heading towards the, uh, well, not towards the top corner, but heading into the net. But what a brilliant one-handed save from uh, Holy. Yeah, as well. And I think if that was a normal-sized goalkeeper, it would be like an acrobatic, yeah. like, fingertip save over the bar, and it'd look incredible. <laughs> but when it's Holy, it doesn't look as spectacular. No, but it is still brilliant, because you have to react yeah. very quickly, because it's a really good header, to be fair. Um, Hawks then tried his luck from uh, 30 yards, but uh, his low effort was pretty I love this one he comfortably saved by Holy not only that he, he sort of parried it let it sit in front of him mm. and while while he waited for the attacker to come you see he fill, he, he fixes the straps on his uh, gloves <laughs> before he grabs the ball really really comfy. it's like Daniel Craig adjusting his cufflinks yeah. in James Bond isn't exactly, it exactly exactly that um, and then the, the last chance for Tramier the half uh, a corner from the left this time so Simeon mid the ball I think to be fair Holy was a little bit lost on this corner but Morgan Feeney was very, very aware, wasn't he? Got himself mm. to the back post and headed it clear. Um, into the second half, well, Dennis's goal. Um, one of those rare occasions, isn't it, Mike, where a referee actually punishes some pushing and pulling on a set piece or a penalty. Sorry, sorry set piece or a corner you know, free kick with a penalty. Yeah, well, Simo talked about this post-match and he says he was speaking to a fourth official about it and he basically yeah. said, well, if if one of your players has hold of a player's shirt as well, I'm not going to give it because they're both doing it. But if yeah. your player doesn't have a hold of the shirt, yeah. it's, it's a foul and we will give it. And Simo said after the game, like he's been telling his players, you know, if they want to rough and tumble you, let them, don't do anything back. Yeah. And obviously we got the result in the penalty. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think there's much doubt about it. Jack Stratton was basically 
shoved over, wasn't he? I think by no uh, arguments from the Tranmere players. Like, uh, if you look there, they're all a bit like, oh, that, there's no real argument there. Um, what I would say actually is the initial free kick it came from was very, very soft. I've watched it back and I can't really work out what their lad's been punished for. I think it's just, I think he's just got himself in front of Jack and been strong, really. So I don't know if you if you've got any different thoughts on that one, Mike. No, it's yeah, it's one of them. It could have gone either way, really. Yeah, I, 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 I think if he just played on, I don't think there would have been a huge amount of complaints no. really from our fans. But there you go. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, Edmonton missed the penalty against. Um, Who's it against? Mr. Penalty against the no, I can't remember. Doncaster, wasn't it? Yes. Um, he's obviously not available at the moment. Neither is Jordan Gibson, who's the first choice. So, upstep Christian Dennis, who I'm guessing probably will be the first choice to take penalties now. Um, yeah. Certainly then, in his quest for the golden boot as well. Oh, absolutely. And so calm and confident, wasn't he? He's just like, mm. wait wait for Dewan to move and then just slotted it into the other corner. Brilliant penalty. Good celebrations at the away end as well. Um, and then the rest of the game, I mean... Did Thomas Holy have much to do for the rest of the game? It didn't look like it from what I've watched. He, there's one chance I saw was I think a low ball into the box from Dakris Cogley on the right, and Feeney got there just before the attacker. But bar that, the only other chance really was another great run by Jack Ellis down the right. Just, you know, bundled his way past his man, mm. didn't he? Mm. Gets the bile and gets into the box and plays a low ball, and oh, Charters was just inches away from getting on the end of it, wasn't it? For the goal yeah. that he would have deserved. It was a real shame he couldn't quite get on it, but... um. That was it, and we. The only other highlight on the extended highlights that I watched back was after that was a, a cross to the far post that Thomas Holy just, pit, you know, picked out of the air like he was picking an apple from a tree. <laughs> it was like he was set, and he, you know, went down with the, you know, the usual lying on the floor holding it. Mm. And this is far too easy, this isn't it? So, and uh, that was it. As the result was, you know, two nil and a lot of lot of booze from the home fans at the end, but plenty of cheers in the away end and. Yeah, it's just a fantastic result all around, really. Um, we haven't got any six-second reviews, I should say, this week. We haven't uh, no, but been able to get in. I've been away, so literally only back today, really. So it's the first chance I've had to, to do anything. But, um, yeah, Mike, I mean, let's just talk about a few talking points. I've only got a couple written down here, but we'll, we'll talk about some more. Um, back on form, that's the key thing, isn't it, really? I know it's only one game in, but I know... We talked about the overreaction to the Stockport defeat, and I, don't know, I mentioned that. You know, I saw someone else. Uh, uh, someone said there was some mention or something about wheels being up, falling off. I mean, that, that's just ridiculous. You've got to, you've got to temper these sort of things. It's only two defeats. It was, and it's against two good teams as well. To be fair, yeah. I, mean, I have to say one thing. I noticed, obviously, I wasn't at Stockport, but I yeah. read a lot of sort of people's uh, opinions on it who were there, um, and I didn't see sort of one person saying. Simo got it wrong. Simo yeah. should have done this. Simo should have done that. And I think I speak for us all when I say I'm a fully paid up member of the cult of Paul Simpson. And uh, like when the players have a bad game, it's them who's getting the blame, oh. not not Simo. And I think that's quite a shock to some players. And we, we had it even early games under the likes of Beach oh. and Millen, where if we didn't get a result, people would be saying, oh, the manager's done this wrong. Why didn't he do that? Why didn't he play him? Why? And nobody will sort of say that about Simo and when we have a bad result it's on the players and I think that is kind of a good position to be in really yeah it is it's interesting you say that because I mean there's a strong argument I think that Simo did actually get here a little bit wrong against against Stockport I think it, well, it just it, didn't quite work the way he tried he to couldn't have picked another team though in that, reality that's the, that's the challenge I suppose isn't it that's, that's the, the risk with that one but um but yeah I mean you know I, I think 
This result, for my money, puts talk of getting into a rut firmly behind us. Obviously, we're not going to get too overexcited. We're not going to say, yes, this is it, you know, promotion's back on or whatever. But it shows that this team is strong and this team will come back from adversity, doesn't it? Definitely. And it shows that sort of other good results this season, they're not like a flash in the pan. Like, mm-hmm. these are sort of the norm and it's the likes of Stockport that are the exception, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Stockport, as we said before, are in a false position. They will get themselves up to table. Yeah. I mean, look, they batted Sutton free at the weekend, didn't they? So. Mm. And, you know, the other games we've lost, Leighton Orient, top of the league, we had 10 men and we were the better team. And Stevenage, who, you know, it was an away game, they're also doing very well. And, you know, with all the injuries, you know, if you'd have said before the season, we're going to lose at Stockport away and we're going to lose a home game against the team top of the league, but we'll have 10 men for it and we'll lose another game against a team who, at the time, I think Stevenage were top of the league. And that's the would, only games we'd have won, lost at this point. Yeah, if you'd have said that before the season, that they're the three games that we'd have lost, I'd have been quite content with that. You know, We're not yeah. going to win every week at the end of the day. Yeah. There needs to be a little bit of a level of realism, doesn't there, in terms of uh, mm. that kind of thing. Um, I'll leave the next talking point I've written down, Mike, till the end, because I think that's a really nice one to sort of end on and talk about. But um, let's talk about some of the, 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 the player performances then. Um Obviously, Christian Dennis gets the you know the headlines of his goals quite rightly. You know, good to see him getting back on the score sheet and you know finding that bit of form at the moment. Um, let, let's talk about Jack Stratton coming back in and how how important he's suddenly become to the team. In you know over the last month or so, really, isn't it? Really, it, it's quite incredible when you think that he was really sort of struggling a bit to find his feet at first, but now yeah. obviously he comes on on Tuesday night and makes a difference against Stoppard. He looks lively starts this game and can't be any doubt that his running caused as much problems as Christian Dennis's movement in the box, didn't it? Definitely. And I've always said as well, for me, if you get fouled in the box and someone else scores a penalty, that's an assist in my book. So You've always said that, haven't you? You've always insisted yeah. that to me. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he got two assists, basically, which actually puts <laughs> him up now. So he's our third highest assister, which with no stats to back this up whatsoever, <laughs> I would say he probably has more assists and goals per minute on the pitch than anyone else, I reckon. Mm, possibly. It'd be worth having a look maybe at that one. But um, but yeah, no, he, he's been fantastic. And, and the simple fact is when Edmonton's fit, Edmonton's going to have to probably wait to get his chance in the team. Mm. You know, because if, you know, if Stratton's fit at the weekend, plays against Tranmere and plays well, so, so does Dennis. He, Edmonton will be on the bench against Harrogate and they'll have to wait his chance. Again. Maybe. Um, I mean, the one for me there is it could be Dennis sitting out at Harrogate in that he's played a lot of football recently. Um, I don't think you'd rest him for a league game. I think the one you'd want to rest him for is the FA Cup going. Annoyingly, we haven't really got much choice but to play him, have we? Because no. people aren't fit, but there you go. But um, I, I, th- I think reading between the lines of some, of some of Simo's comments after the game is that he sort of wanted players to know that if you're out with suspension or an injury or whatever, your place in the team isn't going to be guaranteed when you come back in if other players are going to come in and play well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Paul Huntington, so he came back into the starting lineup in place of Corey Whelan. Um, but being compl- we think Whelan's been fantastic season, but completely justified his, his inclusion in the 11, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. By all accounts, just won absolutely everything at the back, which is kind of the standard for him. You know, he's one of them he's almost 
he's almost a victim of his own good form in that like he churns out these eight out of ten performances every week and he might not win man of the match for it because that's just what you expect from him. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. He's just he's just been so solid and he and he, he the the players around him lift their performance basically, don't they? Because because mm. of him, because of how good he is. I mean, I'm looking at the whoscored dot com um, stats for the game, and you know uh, he was rated seven point seven. Um, basically, uh, only second behind Feeney for man of the match. He was a mm. seven point eight point one. Sorry, third behind Thomas Holy got seven point eight. I should say, but there you go. Mm. I mean, every single one of our starting eleven got at least seven. Uh, mm. Melish was the lowest at seven point two. Probably not as lively going forward in this game. Maybe why you didn't get a higher score, but everyone got at least a seven. Whereas Trummy Rovers, only Turnbull and Simi at the back got over seven. Mm. All the rest of them failed to get over it. Mm. You know, it tells you how dominant we we were in this game. Even though the stats, when you look at it, they had nine shots compared to our seven. Both of us having three on target, but it shows most of the shots were long distance ones that were pretty easy for, mm. to be dealt with. And possession wise, sixty two percent to our thirty eight. And yet, we still look the better side quite comfortably, didn't we? So uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic to see. Um, in terms of performances, uh, obviously, you know, the midfield. Let's talk about Taylor Charles again, then, just because we obviously touched, touched him already. It is tough for young lads, isn't it? Sometimes when you when you're coming through an academy and you, uh, someone like Carlisle, in terms of going out and getting experience on loan, it's tough because you've only really got Workington and Kendall, mm. and you know we don't even have Barrow these days. You know. You've got, Pen, I mean, pen, if you're going to Penrith in your like first year pro, you you probably know your career is not going to be going anywhere. Don't mm. think. So he got his chance at Gateshead, which is a rare chance, you know, for a player at our level to go internationally. Off, really took it, and he's been patient, hasn't he, to, to wait for his chance. And he, he's an example to younger players. Sometimes you do have to wait for the opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, James Phillips kept saying on the radio that it was an unsuccessful loan spell, and I'd strongly disagree with that. I think I it's. That- Really? It, I mean, he won the National yeah. League North title with them. Yeah, exactly. He, he played in a variety of different positions. You, got, you know, yeah. yeah, he had plays. I mean, he's not going to play every single game for them. I wouldn't expect him to. I'd, I'd like him to have. He scored a fair few goals as well. Yeah, he's got a few key goals from, doesn't he? And they all seem mm. to really like him there. So yeah, yeah, but strange on that one. But I, I, yeah, I, but. I think it did in the world of good. I really do. I mean, he's a player that I already rated. Um, personally, I don't fancy him as sort of a left wing back. I think no, no. He is, I think he, he is can better do a job field. there, but I think that's only like temporarily when you really need to maybe in, during a game. But midfield, mm. he looks better. And, and and you know what? What he started four league games for us now. He's played bloody well so. in all four of them, from what I remember. Mm. I can't remember what the fourth ones, but I remember. The one against Newport, which was under um, Skelton, wasn't it, when he was caretaker, mm. had a decent game that night. Against Walsall on his debut, he was fantastic. Man of the match, probably. Another great game against Tranmere. So mm. when he starts games, he's generally solid. It's difficult for mm. him because he, you know, sometimes he's only coming on for two or three minutes at the end of the game. Mm. You can't really make an impression. But no. what it's done, it's, it's made Simpson look up now and go, okay. I can rely on you to come in and maybe mm. replace Jordan Gibson in the games, which which might benefit Gibson a bit because he might get a little bit more of a rest now. Because mm. Simmer might look and think, great, I can give Gibbo a rest here. Or even mm. what it might do, even he might even push Gibbo on to be an even better player because he might look mm. and think, right, this lad potentially can take my place in the team if needs be. Exactly. And I think one of the things with him that's a little bit different to Gibson is his physical 
like strengths. Um, obviously, touched on it before. Obviously, he won a lot of his aerial battles, but he's quite you know for someone I think he's only twenty, isn't he? He's a, he's a big, strong lad. Um, which you know when. Gibson's tired out a team for 70, 80 minutes. Yeah. Maybe you need that coming on off the bench. Yeah, I think it gives you a little bit more composure on the ball than Jaden Harris was. I think Jaden Harris, if you wanted yeah. someone to go and disrupt things and win the ball a bit, it'll be perfect for that situation. But if you want to keep the ball a bit more and be a bit more calm, I think Charles will be the perfect man. So, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant from him as well. Um, any other individual? Should we, should we talk about Jack Ellis? Come on, let's talk about Jack Ellis as well then. Um, fantastic performance, wasn't it? Yeah, he just comes in and, and does a job and he didn't even know till the morning of the game that he was playing. But he just you know, he just gets on with it and he's solid and, and dependable. You you know exactly what you're gonna get from him. Yeah, hundred percent. He he's what really impresses me is is he grows into games. He's not somebody who gets worse and he just seems to get better and better as the game goes on. There's a couple of games recently. As you think you've touched before, Mike, you thought that teams have sort of targeted him almost. Yeah. In terms of, you know, looking to looking to attack down his wing. Which you, you can't blame him for. No, like, no, that, that's, that's just sensible, isn't it? That's what most teams mm-hmm. would do. But he always copes with it. And then yeah. he gets more and more comfortable, comfortable and confident on the ball mm-hmm. going forward. And you only have to look at the two decent chances he created. He should have an assist, really, mm-hmm. in this game. He's, he, some of the balls he was putting in were fantastic and gets up and down. I, I still can't work out what his final position is going to be because he looked really good at centre-back as well, actually, for the few mm. couple of games he played there. I think at the moment, with his age, I think that right wing-back role probably is better. One question we've got is, Joel Senior is going to be back in the next three weeks or so, isn't mm. he, in terms of fitness? I wonder if we might even look to load him out somewhere until January just to mm. get his fitness up because I don't... Would, would you... Would you pick a player coming back from an ACL injury ahead of Ellis at the moment in that position? I'm, no. No? Finn Back's first choice. And I still think Finn Back should go back in next weekend if he's fit. Mm. But, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, if sort of Senior can come back and he's fit and he's ready to come in, I wouldn't object to If we could loan Ellis out to like a National League side yeah. where he's going to play every week, I think that would do him a world of good as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's going it's to be very interesting to see what goes on. But I mean... I, I think because I've Joel seen you look quite impressive in the you know, he only played four or five games in the last season, but he looked lively going forward, especially mm. really good in the ball. God, embarrassment of riches down that side, haven't we? Almost, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? The amount of oh, we've got the opposite on the left, yeah, we're, we're, we're struggling a little bit. And poor Duncan Iden, you know, he's he's got to be patient, he might get his. I don't know if Bristol City will let him play in the FA Cup of the weekend, that's a question to ask, I suppose, and maybe mm. they won't, but you know we are struggling a little bit down that side aren't we at the moment mm. and um, it should be noted John Mellish actually picked up his fifth booking of the season in this one a really silly one as well and he has got a few silly ones this season and you know we're mm. big fans of John but you know we could do without him getting a one game ban although I suppose if he's going to get banned in any game I'd rather it was an FA Cup game than a than a league game I guess yeah. so that's one positive I suppose but yeah so he's going to miss the game against um, Tramere but be back for the Harrogate league game um, just, let's just talk about him Four Cumbrians in the starting eleven for the first time since was it April 2015 against Plymouth Argyle two yeah. 0 not, not just Cumbrians as well. I know Huntington um, <clears throat> and Moxon are both Carlisle lads. Yeah. Uh, is Alice a Carlisle lad? Alice is from Kendall. Uh, okay, one, one of our good friend Cameron's uh, fellow Kendall uh, types. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously Taylor Charters is from Maryport, isn't he? Yeah, We've got yeah. a good record of players from Maryport. I mean, when you think about it. Glenn Murray, mm. Ka- Kyle Dempsey. 
and Taylor Charles now, yeah. Get some decent players from our West. Um, yeah, so it was... I, I, I don't know if it was Huntington staged it or it was like just coincidence that the four of them together in that photo, but the four of them walking towards the away to get the applause at the end was just a lovely, lovely photo, wasn't it, really? Nice yeah, to see yeah. that. And, um, and incidentally, the last game that we had four Cumbrians in the starting 11, we won 2-0. We so, did indeed, yeah. With goals from Billy Painter and uh, Gary Dicker. I so like. maybe that's a secret. Maybe it doesn't matter who they are. Just four random Cumbrians. <laughs> just sit down in the starting eleven, and we'll win two 0 every week. Him off. And another Cumbrian on the bench, Ryan Carr. We should say as well, actually, which mm-hmm. is nice to see. Um, I think Ryan Carr's a Cumbrian, or maybe he's a Geordie. I'm not sure. Should have checked that before I said that. Actually, <laughs> but there you go. Because um, I know Nick Ballardo is is is, is a Geordie, isn't he? So I didn't I didn't say he was, but um, we'll have to see. Um, Anything else to pick out from this game, Mike? Uh, no, not really. I think we've uh, covered everything pretty extensively. Well, we'll briefly talk about Danel Simeon, obviously, playing up against us. Um, we said this in the preview, me and Dan. Are we fussed that we didn't get him in the end? Not really, when you've got someone like Paul Huntington in there. Yeah, exactly. Off the two, you'd much rather have Huntington. I think some of our fans are miffed that we didn't get Simu as well. Um yeah. But, but would you would you pick him ahead of Feeney? No. Would you pick him no. ahead of Mellish? No. No. Definitely not ahead of Huntington. So he'd be back up at best. And mm. I think actually someone like Feeney, sorry, Whelan is is far better options to back up because he's such a good professional and he would, mm. you know, he'll wait his time and he'll take his chance when it comes. I think Simi, yeah. I don't think he would enjoy it as much being on the bench for long periods. So it worked out for both clubs, I guess. So he's done pretty well at Tranmere. So so there you go. Right. Should we do a quick round up of the League Two ones then? Um, Mike, yeah. before we get into the second half of the show, uh, I mean, looking down at the results, um, Northampton having a little bit of a wobble at the moment, are they? Are they just mm. that? I mean, they were obviously you know, flying not too long ago, and um, and now, well, it's just not quite working out for them. Is it? They drew 1 1 at home with Newport. Obviously, Newport have just um, appointed you know, Graham Coughlin, I think, as their new manager. Yeah, um, I, th- I think New uh, Northampton were my favourites for the league as well in pre season. So, mm. be interesting to see. If they yeah. if they sort of shake off this this wobble, I mean, when you look at the table, Northampton on thirty two, and now Stevenage got a four point gap to thirty six, mm. and then it's another three points up to Leighton Orient. So if Leighton Orient could win their game in hand as well, mm. they would go twelve points clear of, third, of fourth place Swindon. Now, yeah, that can change a bit if Barrow win their game in hand because they'll, yeah. they'll be then eleven points, but eleven points clear at this stage. Teams have blown it before, but. Mm. It's hard to say. I mean, obviously talking about Orient, did you see the goal that Orient scored in their 1-0 win? No, no. Oh, my word. Wait till you see it. It's very, um, almost most Salah-esque, you know, that goal he scored against, was it against City, I think, last season or someone, I can't remember who it was, the one where he sort of jinked and moved about a bit. Mm. Paul Smith basically gets into the area. It looks like he's fouled and he goes down onto his haunches. Referee gives nothing and he just jumps up to his feet, beats two men and then just smashes it in the bottom corner. (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant finish. Really, really good football. But, um, yeah, it's it's just quite impressive, really, how well they're doing at the moment. Um, good old Orient. Uh, that was against, was against Salford, I think it was. I'm just trying to get the, the results up. I've lost it. Uh, Salford, yeah. Yeah, 1-0 win against Salford. It's a fantastic result for them. Um, we, we won't talk about AFC Wimbledon against Harriet because we'll be talking about that in the second half. Mm. Barrow seemed to rediscover their mojo a bit. Or was it just a case of crew probably not being a very good side this season? Uh I don't know. Maybe maybe a little bit of both, but yeah. yeah, they are currently ahead of us in the league, which I'm not a big fan of, but we move. Yeah, we do. Um Manchester Town, what what is it about their 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 record at the moment defensively? They 
they're all over the place, aren't they? They lost five two at home to Swindon Town. I know Swindon are up there with them, but my word, yeah. it's, it's a strange set of results for them at the moment, isn't it? They had uh, they had a man sent off, but I think they were already uh, they already conceded three at that point. So mm. yeah, it's, it's not yeah. a problem, is it? Um, well, let's go down to the bottom of the table. Colchester United, they're bottom now, but they did pick up a decent point. To be fair, a one-one draw against. Um, Stevenage, you're right up at the top, so mm. you know, I, don't, I certainly wouldn't sniff at that, would you, as a, a Colchester fan, I don't think, in Definitely. that current situation. Um, it is so tight at the bottom, though, isn't it? I'm just looking at the table mm. here. <laughs> From Crawley Town in 19th down to Colchester in 24th, three points. Yeah. Hartley probably played one I, game more than everyone else, so they're in a little bit more trouble. But And the goal difference as well, Crawley in 19th have minus 10, Gillingham in 20th have minus 11. Harrogate in 21st have minus 10. Rochdale in 22nd have minus 11. So yeah. it's really, really tight. Really, really tight, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not great news for those teams down the bottom. I, I have a feeling the those six teams you see there, plus maybe Sutton might get dragged into it, mm. are the teams that are going to be down there at the end of the season. I don't, I can't see any of them shooting up the table anytime soon. I just yeah, and, and to be honest, I think... The two that go down, I I don't think that they'll be bouncing back anytime soon either. It's a weird one because I don't think there's anyone who's particularly appalling this season, who's you know dreadful, like a scunfob mm. level of dreadful. I just think the average of the poorer teams in the division is much wider this season, whereas up at the top, mm. you've got a, three exceptional teams at the moment. But mm. there's a, the playoff pack is really tightly packed as well, isn't it? Obviously, mm. from you know Doncaster in tenth up to um, Barrow in fifth three points again separating them and again the goal mm. difference is fairly tight Doncaster's a little bit away from everyone else but everyone else is, is quite tightly packed in there well we're only in the playoffs on goal difference ourselves you know yeah. and Salford and Mansfield below us in 8th and ninth have the same amount of points just worse yeah. goal difference yeah yeah, there you go um, well, before we sign off on this half of the show should we, should we talk about um, a certain manager's post-match comments at the weekend go on so obviously uh, Hartlepool United um, managed by our good old friend Mr. Keith Curl, picked up a, a decent, <laughs> decent. It has to be said, two-one win against Grimsby Town at home. And uh, after the match, their media guy, I think, did an interview <laughs> with with Keith Curl and said to him, uh, "How are you feeling after that one?" And he said he did his usual thing. He's clearly pre-planned. That he's going to say this because he thinks it's yeah. funny. So he says, "There's three things I asked for today. One was for Hat Pulls to get a free a win, which they've got. Two Manchester City to get a win, which they got. And three, he's misses to be in a sexy mood when he gets home. He said, <laughs> I've got the first two. I'm going to be grafting as much as I can all the way home to make sure I get I get the hat-trick at the end of the day. And the guy was just <laughs> floored. He was like, oh, I don't even know what to ask after that. Didn't he? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, he, he certainly likes to get... He, I'll give him credit. He's good at getting his own PR, isn't he, Curl? I think he's, yeah. he's, not, the, he's not the daftest uh, man in the room, is he, I suppose. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so whether he got lucky or not, we we don't know, and I don't really want to know. If I'm frankly honest, but um, but there you go. So that's um, that's the League Two roundup then, Mike, isn't it? So we'll yeah. take a little break, and then we'll be back to do the preview of the next two fixtures. Hi, it's Morgan Feeney, and you're listening to the Brunton Bugle. There, uh, Morgan was it? Was it Paolo Paolo Mal- Malfini? Is what you called him, Mike? Yeah, Wonder, that's what I call him. Paolo Malfini. There he is the main man, the, the, the Bootle's finest. Um. 
Right, let's get on to the preview section then, Mike. And um, we're looking ahead to two fixtures this week, obviously. We're looking ahead to the FA Cup game against Tranmere and the league game against Harrogate Town. Um, we haven't got a behind enemy line section, unfortunately, but with being away and stuff like that at the moment, it's been really difficult to actually get something pinned down in terms of that sort of stuff. I'm going to sort something out for the Walsall game. It's a game I'm actually not going to, but I'm going to sort out a, a, a proper chat with someone for the Walsall fixture next week. So that'll be all sorted for them. Um, so yeah, let's look ahead to the Tranmere FA Cup game, Mike. Uh, referee for this one, Declan Bourne. It's his third season as an EFL referee. He's taken charge of just seven games so far this season, handing out 33 yellows and three red cards. I mean, that's fairly card happy, that isn't it, for seven games. Yeah. That's like nearly red every other game and nearly five yellows a game. Yeah, well, it's not... We've had so many referees this season mm. and you've said, this is his first season as an EFL referee. And they're handing out a lot of cards, aren't they? Whereas yeah. the older ones, like Carl Boyson... His record wasn't as high in terms of cards, and it, well, he pretty much kept his cards in his pocket for the game against Tranmere, didn't he? I mean, it was two mm. two yellows for us, and that was it. So, um, so yeah, you do get that occasionally. Uh, last season, he handed out ninety seven yellows and two red cards in his twenty four games. Again, very card happy in terms of the yellows, at least. Um, the last United game he took charge of was the two 0 win at Stevenage in December last year. Kelvin Bella was the only player booked for the Blues that evening. Uh, we were awarded a penalty though on that game for a trip on Jordan Gibson. I think he converted the penalty as well in that match. Um, head-to-head record, obviously, it's, it's changed slightly from last week. We're getting closer, Mike. We're nearly level. Uh, but the 93rd meeting between the two sides, uh, Carlisle have won 36. Um, 18 have been a draw and Rovers have won 38. Um, yeah, let's just talk generally about the FA Cup, Mike, because the, cause the thing is, we, we, we can talk about their score. We talked about that last week, really. It's all being yeah. covered, isn't it? Um what does the FA Cup mean to you? It's one of these. It's, it's, it's such an old institution now. What over nearly 150 years? Or is it? I think it might even be 150 years old now. Um, do you still get excited for the FA Cup first round draw? Yeah, I mean, there's. I don't know what it is. There's just something magical about it, isn't it? And I think even if you're sort of hoping. I mean, even even if Carlisle aren't involved, I don't watch a ton of football other than Carlisle, but. If there's a really proper, proper non-league side on BBC on like a Friday night, you've always got to give it a watch, haven't you? Yeah. Just Everyone's always hoping for the giant killings, aren't they? Giant killing or indiscriminate violence. That's the two things you're looking <laughs> for, isn't it, from an FA Cup tie? You know, about four or five players getting sent off for, for bringing down some tricky league two winger of some sort, isn't it? That's what yeah. you want, isn't it? But, um, but yeah, no, you're right. It, 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 it's, it's one of those things... It is something that you do get quite excited about, isn't it? You're like, oh, you know, when I'm looking forward to it, what do you look for in a FA Cup first round draw? What's the first thing you think about? Uh, Ideally, you want a proper non-league team. Uh, And you sort of, you know, because we've had a few in recent years and Mm. they've sort of enjoyed their little day and we've stuffed them and gone to the next round. We don't get beat very often by non-league teams in the FA Cup. Our record is actually quite decent. In yeah. terms of the results we get, where whereas like when we face league time teams, I'm always like with the, with the draw. I always think to myself, I want one of two things: either one home tie against someone that's easy to beat, so we can get ourselves into the second round and get ourselves closer to the third round, or two a non-league a trip to a non-league team that we've never played before, so it's a new ground to tick off somewhere yeah. weird and wonderful, preferably yeah. a really long distance one. But, 
for the ridiculous of the trip. I mean, yeah. we were saying, weren't we, the fact that St. Ives were in the first round of the FA Cup, we were getting excited thinking, oh, is that St. Ives in Cornwall? <laughs> it's not, it's St. Ives in Cambridgeshire, which is quite disappointing. <laughs> but it still would have been quite an interesting one to do. So mm. it's one of those ones, you look for maybe either a non-league team miles away or one that's not too far away so you could take a big following. Mm. Or like I said, an easy easy route into the into the third or well, the second round. Sorry, I suppose that's the way you look at it, isn't it? Because yeah, that that's what you want, isn't it? It, it is the excite. Do you think it still has its magic? I think it's fading in some respects, mm-hmm. um, which I don't really like to admit. Um, and I think, I mean, there's talk, isn't there, that they maybe want to change it to midweek, which I think would kill some of the magic for me. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, well, already. I think it's the fifth round is in the in the midweek at the moment. It's been for the last few seasons because of the mm. ridiculously tight calendar. Than this year, obviously, in terms of the the fact that obviously the World Cup's been in there means there's more Premier League midweeks, which means mm. there's no. I think that to, to make sure they don't lose another weekend, they've basically said the FA Cup will have to be one of the midweeks as well, which is mm. frustrating, but is what it is. And obviously, that means there's no replays for the fifth round. Mm. Uh, they've not had replays for the sixth round for a while. To be honest. I've always been of the thought, once you get to the fifth round, you don't, the sixth round, you probably don't need replays, if I'm honest. And it's, it's maybe, maybe I'm not traditionalist enough for people with that, but I think, I mean, once you get to the, the sixth round, you've only got eight teams left anyway. Mm. So you generally got the bigger teams. If you've got that far, you've got some great results and actually getting a, a replay against someone, does it matter that much? I don't think it does. But I've always enjoyed a replay and sort of knowing who you're going to be playing in the following round. Yeah, but I, mean, I suppose at that point you should be excited anyway because you go into a semi-final if you're in the sixth round. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the thing with that. With the third and fourth rounds, I think I still think FA Cup replay should still happen. I think it should continue. Mm. I, I think it should be maybe put into some, into like set into stone. They stay. We, we'll give up the sixth and the fifth rounds to protect the other rounds and say they have to stay for the earlier rounds. They have to. That has to be the agreement because that's the only fair way in the smaller teams. Yeah, I mean, you get the likes of Jurgen Klopp. Uh, it was a couple of years ago they had Shrewsbury as a replay and he was complaining about fixture congestion. But there is a very simple and effective way to avoid FA Cup replays and that's win, by win beating <laughs> the team in the original beat, game. Beat it. And secondly, the reason you're playing so many games is because you're good. Because you're playing mm. in all the games in Europe. Enjoy it. Stop complaining mm. about it. Yeah. It does my head in sometimes. You know, and I, I don't think Jurgen Klopp's particular. I know some people don't like him. I think he's he's a bit of a fresh, you know, breath of fresh air. Sorry, um, for English football at times. But at the same time, he does say stuff that's a lot of nonsense. But then again, it's like any manager, I suppose, isn't it? But there you go. Um, so yeah, it. it I, I'm with you. I, I, I think I'd like to keep them mostly the replays, but I think I think there's probably a bit of give and take there. I think getting rid of them in the sixth round, I'm not as forced on. I don't think it made. I mean, we're rarely in the sixth round anyway, so it doesn't. We've been there once, Mike. So yeah, yeah. But it's the third and fourth rounds where you really got a chance because it helps as well. If like sometimes you get non-league teams play against each other in the third round, you think, Mm. God, that's not fair. And then, so then when they get to the fourth round, you want to give them that chance where they could get that replay if they really wanted against a big team. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking now. I mean, we had a cracking replay away at Yeovil. To play, you know, where we knew that the winner plays yeah. Everton, basically, uh, and that was—I mean, I wasn't there that night, but it just sounded like an absolutely brilliant, proper FA Cup clash where both teams were going for it because yeah. both teams wanted that lucrative third round draw. I didn't go to that one either, and I can remember where I was for it. I was in the cinema, the Fact Cinema in Liverpool. I went to see the Revenant that night because 
I really wanted to stay at home and follow the game. And Megan was like, I've got your cinema tickets, so you're going to the cinema. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So every now and then my phone would vibrate and I'd have a little peek just to see what the score was. And uh, yeah, very enjoyable that was. I think the Jabo clothesline. Jabo clothesline, Francois Zoko missing a penalty as well. <laughs> potentially win it for, for Yeovil. Had everything that game, didn't it? It must have been yeah. a brilliant one for the fans who travelled down. Um, yeah, uh, before I, in fact, let, let's talk about what, what's your what would your dream first round FA Cup tie be? Then let's let's pick like two two three of your like dream fixes. What would they be? Um, Based on the current league structure, so who who's in League One at the moment? So sort sort of like you, to be honest, I wouldn't mind uh, St Ives away or something like that. I think that. Truro City would be the obvious one now, wouldn't it? I think because they're definitely yeah. in the league. So that, that's as, I think as low as you can go. And at the same time, purely for selfish reasons, I wouldn't mind a sort of Merseyside-based team away. Uh, it's it's more away than home that yeah. I, I want, to be honest. Um, but yeah, ideally, you know, a nice sort of trip to somewhere that you haven't been before. Yeah, I think for, obviously for you, that obviously puts Southport would be the obvious one, wouldn't it? Because I think as, as good as Marine would be, we wouldn't get a big allocation for Marine, would we? It's not no. a big ground, is it, at all? So basically, Southport or Berska, basically, <laughs> the two ones yeah. to you, aren't they, I guess? Um, Although, well, we got, who was it we played at? Goodison. Nosley. Nosley, that's the one, yeah. Obviously, don't exist anymore, but uh, yeah. you wouldn't be able to switch ties anymore. I don't mean, you're not allowed to do that. You no. have to play the game against them where they are. Um, yeah, no, I'm kind of with you. I think I'd... I'd Prescott Cables would be a lovely one for me. That's a literally it's a short train journey for me up up the road. Mm. Um, like yeah, like a Warrington. Or, I think somewhere interesting, like an old old FC would be something good because that you're likely to get on telly there possibly as well, aren't you? Really, in terms mm. of your, you know, because the you know their history in terms of the FA Cup. Although the risk is you're going to get beat by them, isn't it? I suppose. Mm. Um, I mean, other than that, I'm not sort of looking. I'm trying to look at a map here to see if there's any other places. I mean. Like gated away or something, or maybe like even like a South Shields away. Again, risks of getting beat, but mm. you know, fairly short journeys. You know, Bishop Auckland or somewhere like that, or even like a Spennymore over that way as well. I think so. Yeah, there's, there's lots of potential options. Um, York would be a lovely one. York, I haven't been a good day out in York for a long time. But... Yeah, well, they've, I haven't been to their new ground yet. So no, that's true. That's very true mm. indeed. But um. But yes, I think we're both sort of in agreement. Like, in fact, no, the, you know what the dream one is? I keep, I keep getting this wrong. I keep forgetting. Dan always gets this right, this one. The dream FA Cup ties Dover away. Yeah. That, that is the dream and always will be the dream. <laughs> fly, fly to France and travel back over the thing to go to the game. That's what you <laughs> do, isn't it? But there you go. Although these days you'd get a bit a few funny looks, wouldn't you, if you said, you know, landed in France at the airport. So what are you coming over here for? Oh, just to get <laughs> just to get the ferry back over to watch Carlo play at Dover. <laughs> Come in here, sir. Let's have a word. Um, but that's probably what it would be. Um, before we move on, let's I'll just a quick look back at some uh, classic FA Cup ties against um, Tramir Rovers that we've played. Now, the first time we played in the FA Cup, you've got to go all the way back to 1935. Uh, we got beat 3-0. <laughs> so no, nothing really to say about that one. We were knocked <laughs> out. Uh, a, year, a couple of years later, again, we played them uh, in one of the early rounds. We got BT1 at Tranmere. So, yeah, yeah early days, we haven't got a great result against them in the FA Cup. Um, in fact, I think, if I'm right here, we've only ever beat them once in the FA Cup. And that came in January 1997, the season we uh, obviously got promoted and we won at Wembley as well in the Ottawa Windscreen Shield. We beat them 1-0 at Brunton Park in an FA Cup third round tie that was actually rearranged. I think it was supposed to be in on a Saturday, but because of the... Uh, Bad weather, it got rearranged to a midweek, possibly. Um, and yet, 
they were a championship side at the time. People kind of forget that sometimes mm. that they were quite a big team. And the, they're a solid championship side. Yeah, in the nineties as well. They used to their their cup record was brilliant around that time as well. They reached was it the league cup final they around did, that time? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. Think, I don't know if it was that season because Clint Hill was sent off in the final for them, wasn't he? I think. Like yeah. Then. Um, so yeah, we beat them one nil at Brunton Park. I think it was an own archdeacon penalty to to win the game. Um, John Aldridge was sent off for abusing the the linesman over a decision, and uh, yeah, what we got was a, our reward was a home tie against Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup, um, which we lost two 0 It was on match. I remember because <laughs> that was on match of the day, and I remember how exciting that was to see Carl United on match of the day as a I think it was mm. twelve run about then. So always always an exciting moment. Uh, we did play them again four years later in the FA Cup. Uh, we got beat six one at Tranmere. So um, <laughs> basically, when we play them at home, we beat them. When we play them at Tramway, we lose. So, not saying it's a premonition for this weekend, but it is. Um, so, yeah, if you want to put your money on, put the, put it on us to win this weekend because um, we beat them at home in the FA Cup, basically. So, <laughs> our record's pretty good against them. Um, the 6-1 defeat, uh, Richie Foran got our goal in that one. I always remember that because Jason Kumar scored a hat-trick and two of them, he curled into the top corner from like 20, 25 yards. He was outrageously good. He didn't game. score many tappings, did he? No, he's got a penalty that game as well. I think I've a feeling Jason Price scored that game as well for Trummer. He was definitely playing for them round about then, from memory. But uh, yeah, Richie Foran got our goal, and um, and Dave Rogers tried to get in the home end to fight someone at one point because they <laughs> were abusing his family. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think that's where Dave Rogers got his nickname. Uh, been a football hooligan that chance. So uh, so there you go. Right, uh, that's the Trummer game cover. Then Mike, let's uh, look ahead to Harrogate. It's a game that we're both going to, both looking forward to. Unfortunately, yeah. we're going to arrive too late to go to Betty's Tea Rooms, aren't we? It's going to be shut probably by the time <laughs> we get there, so we'll we'll find the nearest spoons, I'm sure, and have a pint there. Um, mm. The pub that's been recommended, though, is The Empress, which is on 10 Church Square, Harrogate. Uh, HG14SP is the postcode if you want to go to that. Um, yeah, referee for this one, Thomas Kirk. It's his first season as an EFL referee. He's taken charge of 16 games so far this season, handing out 70 yellow cards, but no red cards. So again, another card happy one that like, doesn't hand out reds. Mm. Interestingly, um, last season he handed out sixteen yellow cards and no red cards in seven games at national league level. So he was quite calm last season with his cards. Instead, so mm. strange that he's gone up. Um, he actually has refereed United before, though. He refereed the opening game of the season, the one nil win over Crawley Town. So we have got experience of having him as a referee. Because normally, I can't what remember him being terrible in that game. So no, no, certainly not. It should be said when. When games are called off for various reasons, this was obviously called off due to the, the death of the Queen. Um, quite often, the referee from the original game is carried over to the rearranged game. That's not the case in this one. I think it was supposed to be Sonny Gill was supposed to be referee in this one, but he isn't referee, so it's Thomas Kirk. Um, it's, oh, we don't do this now, do we? Um, it's going to be the sixth meeting between the two sides. We, uh, why have I got? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, sixth meeting between the two sides. No wins to Carlisle, one draw and four defeats. They are the very definition of a bogey side at the moment, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, from what I've sort of, because I, I watched, we played them on I follow during that season. Um, and it looks like a not a nice place to go and play football. The pitch doesn't look massive. Um, it's quite tight, isn't it? Because obviously it, really yeah. it was a 4G pitch before they got into the league. Mm. So it, it's it's quite a different experience, I suppose. So it's um, yeah, it's 
when you look at this season, we discussed this obviously when we originally previewed it, but they've they've got a, a bigger squad than last season, but it's not really done them much good, has it? Really? No, uh, I mean, I think we all had them down as strugglers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think any of us are surprised at the the where they are in the league. I mean, one signing that they made that I was impressed with was Joe Matic. Because he played most of his season at championship level. I think he was an England under-21 international as well. Um, But yeah, I think the rest of them, uh, I think, yeah, they they haven't really lost anyone. No, there's not been a huge amount of players gone out. mm. Uh, The ones who have gone out have gone to, well, other than uh, Danilo Orsi, have gone to non-league teams, haven't they? Or they've been Mm. released and some of them retired, some of them sort of dropped down the league so not a massive amount of loss in terms of that brought a lot in they're relying heavily on players on Logan Huddersfield again which you know you, you know, you kind of expect because Huddersfield's down the road but at the same time mm. it can be a risk when that starts to happen you, you could mm. be a bit too comfortable with taking whoever we found that with Man United didn't we a few years back when, mm. you know, we had a couple of really good ones but then we were loaning everyone from them and then and as well you don't great. they're probably a bit scared to damage that relationship with them and yeah. you know and not play some players and maybe don't deserve to be playing. Yeah, definitely. Um, they actually have got six players on loan, I think. So I think one, at least one misses out on his match day. One of them might be a long-term injury. I don't know. I'm not 100% on that one. Um, but their form's terrible. They're 23rd in the last six games form table. The record's loss, loss, one, one, drawn, loss, loss, basically. Um, but if you go back to the last 12 games, they've only won one of them. In fact, out of the last possible 36 points, they've only picked up five. Hmm. They're in a real rotten run, aren't they? They, they started yeah. the season okay in those first you know, four, <coughs> four or five games, sorry. But since then, they've really struggled, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, and like I said before, it's not really much of a surprise. Um, and hopefully, we end them be, <laughs> being our bogey it's the team. He's got to end sometime in that bogey run. We mm. look a much more composed and confident side than we did last season when we went there and Simil was not happy with the performance, was he, from that game? No. We look like a side more likely to get a result now, don't we? I think we look a bit more like we've got a bit more belief when we go into games, even when we have a bit of a setback. We 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 look like we can get into it. The exception being the Stockport game, but that's just a, for me. That's probably just a one-off, isn't it? Really. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, last time out, um, as we mentioned before, they lost three-two to Wimbledon. They were two-one up in this game with six minutes to go, mm. and they conceded two goals in the last six minutes, including an eighty-eighth minute winner for Wimbledon. That that'll knock the stuffing out of you, surely you'd think. Yeah, certainly. And I said a while ago, it was back when we were getting all of these draws. I said later in the season we could play a team, and if we go sort of one nil up relatively early, heads will drop and they'll start bickering with each other. Yeah. And I think that Harrogate could well be that kind of side. To be honest, I mean, I'm looking in terms of the FA Cup. They play. They've got an early kick off on Saturday. I'm not sure if it's live on telly or anything, but they're away at Bradford. I'd fancy Bradford to batter them. I really yeah, would. Even if Bradford sure. put a slightly weakened team out, that could really dent their confidence. I mean, in fact, I'm looking at the fixtures coming up. They've got a horror month. Mm. After they play us, um, they play at home against Leighton Orient. And then the weekend after, they're home against Mansfield Town. Mm. They could be really, really deep in trouble. It's a weird month for November, actually, isn't it? Because actually, take out that game, the, the rearranged game that we've got. We've actually only got two of the league fixtures because of the way the FA Cup's balanced this year in terms of the way the rounds are played. So, 
you know, there's a little bit of a break for the players actually coming up to the, a busy December. So, mm. so yeah, it'll be interesting but to see how it goes. They've, they've got a weird little dynamic, haven't they, with the uh, manager and the owner. Being you know, the manager <laughs> being the son-in-law, uh, yeah. son isn't it, I think? I, I think it's his, it's just his dad, isn't it? I, I, I might be wrong on that. Maybe you might be wrong. It's either son or son-in-law, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously, don't want to have an awkward Christmas dinner if... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, things, things go badly, yeah, definitely not. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about United then briefly, Mike, to, to sum up the uh, preview section. Um, Gibson will obviously return from suspension for the FA Cup game against uh, Tramir. John Mellish does miss out with his one-game ban, um, but both Mellish and Edmonton will return from their bans against Harrogate. I mean, that'll be a real boost, I mean, to get... Get all those all those lads back, won't it? I think in terms of yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, well, for Tranmere, I think they will have studied the game against us, and they'll sort of be trying to outthink us and how we played. Um, so I, I don't think we can go into that play in exactly the same way as we did last week. Um, it wouldn't surprise me too much if we actually went four at the back for it. Because I think the three at the back works best with Mellish. And if he's not in there, maybe not. I'm not sure he'll make such a major change. I think he'll be mm. wanting to stick with the rest of the team to the way they play. So I wonder... Just slot Idahan in there. Well, it depends whether he's allowed to play because they're on a half-season loan. Yeah. And obviously Bristol City come into the first round in January. So he could return and they might think, well, just use him in this game. Mm. They may well not think that. They may well say, you know what, just get him. We want to get game experience and so let's mm. play him in this game. So we'll find out, obviously, towards the end of the week, I'm sure, on that one. But um, with the other loanies, I'm sure they'll be allowed to play. Uh, I'm not sure how close Barkley is to returning either. So, um, so yeah, it's it's it'll be interesting to see how he, how he picks this. I mean, would you bring Gibson straight back in? I personally would, and that's not a slight on Charles. I just think Gibson still is our best attacking threat in terms of that midfield. I think he he needs to be in there. But what he does, he sort of gives a little nudge, doesn't it, to 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 Gibson to say. All right, Hilton and Devitt might be out, but they still can step him now as well. And I suppose if Guy has got an injury, potentially Charles can come in for him, can't he? Yeah, potentially. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens with Guy, really. I think that is quite a key part of it. Um, but for me, by all accounts, from what Charters was doing to them in the air, I wouldn't mind starting Charters. And it would almost, it would say to Gibson, stop picking up stupid yellow cards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't just expect to walk back in the team after a one one game out. And Charters was cramping really badly. So I think yeah. maybe start Charters against Tranmere and then start Gibson against Harrogate because Charters is probably behind the rest of the squad in terms of his fitness. Yeah, definitely. And obviously coming into that Harrogate game, yeah, you potentially got Edmondson back on the bench as well, which means obviously Bilardo can step out, obviously Carl will probably step out with uh, Gibson returning as well. So, in fact, actually, I should say at the weekend you are allowed nine substitutes in the FA Cup. So there's there's a chance, you know, that potentially a lot of those lads could be there. I should say as we're recording now, I'm just looking at the youth team squad. They're getting beat three 0 in the uh, FA Youth Cup. After all, I wish the good luck didn't go quite well, did they? Really, but there you go. Um, so whether those lads will be allowed back in the first team, I don't know. At the weekend, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so. It'll be interesting to see what he does and interesting to see what Tramir do in response, actually, possibly. Because, you know, for mm. them, they'll probably want to change things up a little bit. And it's, just, you know, coming all the way up to us. I'm sure they're not, not looking forward to that either after being beat at the weekend by us. Mm. Um, right. Uh, shall we do predictions now? Yeah. 
So go on. What 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 are you going for? First of all, let's let's do the, let's do them separate because Dan sent me them separately. Um, so let's have your Tramir prediction first. So for Tramir, I'm going to go for a one nil win, and I'll go for Paul Huntington to score. Oh, okay, nice tight one. You go for a one nil win. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go for a two one win with goals from uh, Dennis to get another. And why not Taylor Charters? I think he'll come on as a sub and he'll get a goal. So Taylor Charters to get the winner in a 2-1 win. Right, let's see what Dan had to predict for that one. This week's prediction comes live from Wall Street in New York City. Just got to get that in there. Uh, I'm going to go for a repeat of Saturday, a 2-0 win, and Christian Dennis to get both. It's like rubbing it in, doesn't he? <laughs> Just because you're on holiday, pal. Do not have to show off? There you go. So there's Dan live from, live from NYC. Uh, giving us his prediction for that one. Uh, Harrogate, what are you going for? I am going for 4-0. Go big or go home. Yeah. And I'll say Jack Armour is due a goal. He's going to yeah. get one. I think Jordan Gibson will get one. Christian Dennis will get one. And I'll go for Owen Moxon to get one. Okay, right. I, You know, you say go big or go home. 5-0. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to go one better. Christian Dennis Hattrick. Um, Ryan Edmondson with another because he's from round that way isn't he so I think he'll enjoy getting a goal against them and da, 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 who else got the other Jordan Gibson will get the other goal so there you go uh, right let's hear what Dan had to say for Harrogate I'm going to go for another 2-0 win with Christian Dennis and Owen Moxon getting the goals oh, there you go so there's Dan's prediction for that. I should say uh, in terms of prediction league I think uh, is it I'm on nine now and Dan's on 11. And are you I think so. Up? And I'm no longer on four. Yeah, you've actually got one. Well done. <laughs> I'm on five. Take it, taking you a bit of time to get yourself up there, but there you go. Yeah. Um, right, Dan did actually send us a, a question for this one. So I'm going to do this quickly because I completely forgot to do it at the start of the second half. So here's Dan's, I think it's an FA Cup related question. I did ask him for one. So let's see what he had to say. The last time Carlisle played Tranmere in the FA Cup was in 2001. Unfortunately, we got six past us that day and we were atrocious. However, Tranmere had two Carlisle players playing for them that day. Uh, who were they? Well, I've spoiled one of them already, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> I've named him. Um, right, OK, so those listening, pretend you didn't hear what I said earlier. <laughs> we know what one of them is, don't we? It's, it's um, So Jason Price is one of them, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Who's the other? Was Clinton Hill still there then? I feel I feel, feel like he left by then. Yeah, this is early two thousands. I oh no, maybe you know what? Maybe he was, yeah. Because actually, I'll I think that yeah. I think they got to the League Cup final in two thousand, didn't they? Mm. So he's probably and he got sent off on that one. So he probably was just about still there. So mm. are we going for that? Then are we going for Jason Price and Clint Hill? Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's see uh, what Dan had to say for this one. And the answers are Clint Hill. And Jason Price. Price actually scored in the game, funny enough. Oh, there you go. I was, I was, you we go. were right all along. I had no idea Price scored in that game. That's, no, uh, I didn't, didn't, certainly, certainly didn't mention that one earlier, did I? Um, I'm <laughs> sorry, everyone, I spoiled that one. I should, I should have done the question earlier, but there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll get back on form with a, bit, with a better question next week, I'm sure. Um, right, let's wrap it up then. Let's do the X-Files section, Mike. Uh, a bit quieter this week, isn't it? Not a huge mm. right in there, but there's one absolute blockbuster in there, isn't there? <laughs> and we've been, you've been like... Uh, 
Let me just get myself primed over the, <laughs> over the, over the joke button because I know exactly what you're going to do here. Um, let's start near the top though first. Um, Gary Medine and Jerry Yates, they both scored in Blackpool's 2-1 win. Uh, Coventry City both in fine form, aren't they? Mm. Really, really, um, really doing well. Um, I'm not sure Yates will, Yates will be there at the end of January, to be honest. No, I have a feeling where Premier League club's going to come in, but they're going to get good money for him, you know, fair play. Um, James Tavernier, he scored in, um, well, Tavernier, sorry, um, he scored in Rangers' 4-1 home win over Aberdeen. Paddy Madden, he just can't stop scoring at the moment, is he? He's really found his feet again with Stockport. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the score sheet, is helping Stockport to a 3 0 home win against Sutton United. Here's a real blast from the past, another one. Connor Simpson, he scored twice for Mask United in their 2 0 win at Chasetown. Lewis Alessandra, he netted for South Shields in their 3 1 defeat at Warrington Town in the FA Trophy. Come on, Mike, let's have this one. Manny Mampala. Scored a hat-trick for Hyde United as they hammered Bamber Bridge 7-0 the weekend. Manny Manpala hat-trick, eh? You could say that they gave them a hiding. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you that one, actually. Okay. You'll have that in the end. Yes, yeah, so yeah, fair play, lad. He found his level, shall we say. Um, <laughs> and just one little bit of news that we, we missed last week, actually. Adam Murray. He's left his assistant manager role at Besiktas following uh, Valerin Ishmael's sacking. Um, yeah, <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot he was even there. To it's mental to think that Adam Murray, who was playing for us in, in the National League, was assistant manager at Besiktas in Turkey. Yeah. Crazy, crazy so stuff. There you go. But there you go. Uh, and that's it for this week's episode. Um, all done, Mike. Uh, thanks very much for joining me. Thanks once again to London Bunch for supporting the podcast this season. Um, in terms of upcoming episodes, by the time you listen to this I I don't think I will have got the Christian Dennis interview out yet because I've had a few issues trying to get the sound lined up on the two files I've got because I won't bore anyone with the details but it was a bit complicated to record right because I only had one mic so I had to record some on my phone so it sounds a bit weird Um, but hopefully if that doesn't get sorted then we'll try and get it out at some point towards the end of the week or maybe at the weekend or maybe we do it after the, on the Sunday Um, and in terms of upcoming episodes uh, we will be doing a preview obviously for the uh, Walsall game next week Um. And then for the Salford game, I'll probably do one for that as well because we're both going to that one, aren't we? I think, Mike. So um, yeah, uh, number one to line up there, and then uh, then we're into the World Cup, and all the fixtures go a bit weird, don't they? I think and stuff like that. Yeah, so, interesting to see what happens. Right, that's it. Thanks everyone for joining us. Cheers. Up the blues. Up the blues. Oh!